coming to you from the Deep South. This is the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast. High impact leadership is not reserved for leaders, and it has nothing to do with your position, title, or rank. However, it does have everything to do with your character. It's time to climb to the next level and beyond, personally and professionally. Now, let's start making it happen with your host, Max Story. Hello, and thanks for listening to the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast today. What's your motive? That's what we're going to be talking about. What's your motive as we continue this 30-part series on who's buying you? Until you sell yourself, you won't sell much. If this is your first episode that you've ever listened to, this is actually a book that I wrote for people who want to learn how to sell with character. People who want to motivate others instead of manipulate others relative to selling a product or service. So chapter 9 of 30 that we'll be going through. The title is, What's Your Motive? The subtitle, Your Intention is Your First Impression. Your Intention is Your First Impression. And this is... This is kind of tricky when we talk about intention. Let's say I come up to talk to you and, and I'm trying to sell you something and I got good intention. I really want to help you. But maybe you hate sales folks. And you think my intention is to bother you. Which, inten- which perception you think matters the most? My perception of my intention or your perception of my intention? And I know you know the answer. It's what you think about me as a salesperson. It also applies in just in life. When when you in, when you meet people, when I meet people, I want to know what's their intention. And guess who gets to decide that? In my case, it's me. In your case, it's you. No matter how good somebody's intention may be, we may decide that it's a bad intention. And that's the influ- they're going to get the influence based on us believing that they have bad intentions. Regardless of what their true intention is, whatever we believe it to be is what it is. I'm sure you've heard the, the old saying, you know, first impressions count, right? Perception is reality. That's kind of what I'm talking about. However you perceive someone to be, that's who they are to you. And they're going to get the amount of trust and influence that comes with whoever you think they are, not who they actually are. So what's your motive? All you can do is try to do your best and to have a a good motive. But let's talk about it. John C. Maxwell has has a, a thought I want to share with you, a quote. He says, there's no second chance to make a good first impression. There probably been thousands of people throughout time who have said that same thing. But but I read about it or heard it from a book or or that I read from John's or one time I heard him speaking in you know at a live event somewhere. But there's no second chance to make a good first impression. Definitely applies to those who are in a professional sales role, but it also applies to the rest of us. That's what's so good, I tell you guys. That's what's so good about principles. I'm sitting here trying to trying to talk about my sales book, 
to professional salespeople and I can't stop every chapter. I still got to talk to you about how it applies to you. The reason I do that is because a lot of people would read this as a sales book and think it don't apply to them because they haven't grown and developed their thinking up to a level where they understand character-based principles apply to everybody. When we're talking about selling influence, as I taught you back in chapter one, part one of this series, influence is the foundation of selling. You may just be selling an idea. You may not be selling a product or service. But the book is written for people who are selling a product or service. But it's really on how do they sell themselves so that they will get a chance to sell that product or service. That's the part. It applies to all of us. And that's really what the book is about. But until others trust us, we won't have any influence with them. Trust is the foundation of influence. See, influence is the foundation of selling, but trust is the foundation of influence. And trust is based on two components. And again, if you've heard me, if you listen to a lot of my podcast episodes, you know I say this all the time, but you can't say it enough because it's obvious that a lot of people don't get it. But some people don't even know it because they ain't never been taught it. The good stuff, I repeat, I'll repeat no matter how many podcast episodes I make. I'm going to keep repeating it because people need to keep hearing it. You can't hear the good stuff too much. So trust based on two components. Character, who we are, which is static. It doesn't change from situation to situation. Our character can definitely change over time, but it ain't going to change very much from today to tomorrow. That's what I'm talking about. When I say a static it's kind of static in the moment. Like if I go to work today, my character is what it's going to be no matter who I'm talking to today. My character is who I am. I ain't going to have a character transformation today while I'm at work, and I'm going to be a, a truly, completely different person. When I go into one meeting, one group, my character is what it is. When I go to the next meeting, another group, my characters hadn't changed since the last meeting. When I go out talk to the folks doing the work on the front lines, my character's still the same. When I say character static, that's what I mean. I don't mean it can't change over time. It absolutely can change over time. The longer the time frame, the longer it can change. But the shorter the time frame, the, the less it can change. And when we're talking about a day or a week, you ain't even going to notice the change. So that's one component of trust is character. The second one is competency. What we know. Character is who we are. Competency is what we know. And competency is situational. It depends. I could be speaking to one group, and whatever we're talking about, I'm highly competent. Remember, my character is going to be the same from one group to the next group to the next group. But my competency could change from one setting to the next setting. I, I could be in a meeting talking about something that I know everything about and I'm highly competent. And if I've got good character, I'm going to build a lot of trust. But I could walk out to the front lines where the people are doing the work, still got the same character. But now I'm trying to tell them to do something that they know they shouldn't be doing. I'm not competent enough to be giving them directions, but if, if I think I'm, I'm the man, I'm going to be the boss, and I go out and give them direction, which means my character probably is on the low side 
then I'm not, I'm not going to build much trust. So we can be totally competent in one situation. Jump back to talking about sales, selling a specific product. I could be totally competent, but I could be totally incompetent in another situation. Could be selling a different product or a different service. It could also be performing heart surgery. So I could be totally competent in one situation, totally incompetent in another situation. All at the same time. It could even be in the same meeting. Someone, let's say I got a high degree of character. So character-wise, everybody's trusting me. So we're having conversation. And I give my input about something that I know a lot about and people trust me because I got a track record. So they still have trust relative to what I'm talking about. Three minutes later, somebody else could say something. And then I try to interject my opinion because I just think I'm, I'm the man. I got to have an opinion. I'm the boss. But everybody knows I don't know nothing about that because I don't have a track record. So three minutes ago, everybody was trusting me. All of a sudden now, nobody's trusting me because I'm missing a component relative to that circumstance or that situation. So consider this example. If you get to know me well enough, you may trust me unconditionally as a person based only on my character. You may also trust my competency while teaching you about principles of influence like I'm doing now. I assume if you're still listening, especially if you're a long-time listener, you trust my character relative to teaching about personal growth, leadership development, principles of influence, and you trust my competency. However, trust in the area of competency is situational, meaning it depends on how satisfied you are with my knowledge in your area of interest. I may not know you personally, but I already know you would not trust me to do surgery on you of any kind. Because if you know me, you know I don't know anything about doing surgery on anybody. I'm not competent in that specific area. Even though you may trust my character, you wouldn't trust my competency. Therefore, if you needed me to do surgery on you, you wouldn't trust me to do it. You'd quickly realize it, and you'd be able to verify it simply by asking me a few questions. And that's something you could do if you didn't know me. If you need me to perform surgery on you, you know enough questions to ask me to figure out I ain't the one to be doing it. But every time a buyer is discussing your product or service, they are validating your competency. Depending on the buyer's satisfaction with your answers, you're either building trust or creating distrust. See, a lot of salespeople think they know everything about their product. And maybe they do. But there's a whole lot of people they're going to be trying to sell to that know everything about their product and uh, everything about everybody else's product. A lot of times salespeople don't know about everybody else's product. But a lot of times people who buy and know they may have had it before or they've been shopping around or they've been doing their own research. They've been online. They've been digging deep. They might have been talking to people who has all these different products. There's all kinds of ways they can know a whole lot more about the product than the salesperson. But a lot of times salesperson thinks they got to come across as knowing it all. So depending on the buyer's satisfaction with your answers when you're talking about the product or the service, you either build a trust or create distrust.
And although you may trust me as a person, get back to me now, although you may trust me as a person, you would not trust me to do that surgery I was talking about earlier. So I may have sold you on me, but I couldn't sell you on buying that specific service from me. No, no matter how much you liked me, no matter how much you trusted me in general because of who I am, you ain't going to trust me to do that surgery on you. You ain't buying that service from me. And since trust is the foundation of influence, I'd have no influence with you in that specific area, regardless of my character. And you've heard me talk about this before if you're a regular listener. Character plus the appropriate competency equals trust. You notice I just didn't say character plus competency. Because most people have uh, some type of competency relative to something. But when we're talking about trust, it's related to a specific thing, whatever the situation or circumstances is about. So character plus the appropriate competency equals trust. So when we're talking about sales, it's the, the appropriate competency is related to the sales process to your organization, to your product, and or your service, to the situation someone may be using your product or service in or on. To have competency relative to all the situations in a sales relationship, you may have to have a whole lot of competency about a whole lot of things to build trust. It just depends on what it is you're selling and how people use it or where they use it. But knowing how character and competency collectively fit together is critical when considering the impact of trust on the seller and buyer relationship. You, you got to understand these two components. This book's all about the character side. It, it ain't got nothing to do with the competency side except for the competency of developing your character. It ain't about the competency of the product and service. You got to go get that somewhere else. But this book's all about the character side. All my other books are all about the character side, the character component. So if you're in professional sales, maybe you stumbled across this podcast and you hadn't listened to all my other stuff, you never read any of my other books, you need to understand all of my other books and all of Rhea's other books, they're going to help you with a character component. Remember from the last episode, your character's going to launch you or limit you. So when it comes to sales, you're always selling two things. Yourself first and the product or service second. We've talked about that in a lot of the other episodes. That's because I don't want you to forget what you've got to sell first is you. That's why the title of this book is Who's Buying You? Subtitle, Until You Sell Yourself, You Won't Sell Much. When you're selling yourself, the buyer will trust or distrust you based on your character. Remember, there's two components, character and competency. But when you're selling yourself, it's about your character. You got to get past the character part before they worried about your competency. Because they ain't going to get to what all you know until they get past your character. When you're selling your product or service, the buyer will trust or distrust you based on your character and 
your situational competency. It's going to be both, but you got to pass the character test first. I guarantee you, you've, you've had a salesperson walked up to you and you didn't like them from the start. You didn't like them from shaking your hand or saying hello. You could just tell. So you already didn't trust them, no matter how much situational confidence they may have relative to what you were actually there for. I was looking at a boat a while back down in Florida, and uh, this this guy, I would never buy a boat from him. I'd never recommend him. I don't care how much the boat costs. I don't care how good the deal was. I, From the moment that guy started talking to me, I was ready to go. I was nice. I stayed and listened. Whatever it was he had to say, I couldn't tell you. But I stayed, listen, I was nice, I do what I do. And I couldn't wait for him to leave, and he would never leave till I left. I just wanted to look around. He wanted me to look around, but he wanted to be with me when I was looking around. I didn't want him to be with me when I was looking around, because I, I wasn't looking to buy a boat that day. I just wanted to look at some boat. So that was the first thing out of character. Is I said, I'm just looking, uh, for, if I need something, I'll let you know. And he kept giving me stuff that I didn't tell him I needed. He kept talking to me about stuff I didn't want to know nothing about. He's trying to get me to understand him instead of him understanding me. But anyway, that's just that's just the example that popped in my mind subconsciously as I was I was talking about that. So when you're selling your product or service, the buyer will trust or distrust you based on your character and your situational competency. Again, that's who you are what you know relative to the product or service. But if you can't sell yourself like that guy couldn't, I'm talking about with me, he couldn't. He Apparently he can with somebody because he had a job, but it could have been his first day. He may not have a job second day. I don't know. I don't know nothing about it. But if you can't sell yourself, the chances of selling a product or service are very low. If the buyer doesn't want to buy from you, they will fire you and look for another seller to hire. And you know, with that person, you know, if you're a sales manager listening to this, the way that person treated me that day, and it wasn't really bad. He wasn't bad. I just, I didn't like his, his intention, right? We talked about that previously. His intention was to basically manipulate me into buying something and I didn't want to buy nothing. But because of that one salesperson, I won't go be back to that dealership. I won't know if there's another salesperson there who I actually would like, who actually could sell me something if I wanted to buy it. I won't never know that because I ain't going back because I'm afraid I'm going to get the same dude. And I ain't going to go back and be rude and talk bad about that dude and all that sort of stuff. Whoever hired him there seems to like him. That's why he's got a job. So I'm already going up against, against the wall right there because... He, people probably already gave him some feedback and the dude's still there. But as a sales manager, you got to know how your team is being matters. And if that was the only place I could buy a boat in the United States and I wanted a boat, I'd probably go back. But guess what? I got lots of options. Most buyers have lots of options. The number one option they got is not to deal with a salesperson they don't want to deal with. Or an organization that that ha has salespeople that people don't want to deal with. Your character will determine how you approach and interact with the buyer. Your character will determine if you immediately begin to build trust or if you immediately begin to create distrust. 
And this whole book is going to be about ways to help you build trust. It's what the whole rest of this book is about. But I'm kind of introducing it to you at a deeper level right here in this chapter. By now, you should understand the impact of trust on your ability to sell yourself and your product or service because we have been talking about it. It's crucial. Have you considered what the foundation of trust is? Where does it start? Remember, influence is the foundation of selling. Trust is the foundation of influence. Now we're going down another deeper level in this one chapter right here. And if you want to know all about this, dive deep into it. Check out my book, Defining Influence. Increasing your influence increases your options. And I teach you a lesson about all the stuff I'm talking about here, but it's a whole lot deeper in that book because that book ain't a sales book. That, that's a go dive deep book right there. No matter which one of my books you may have ever read, if you want to dive deep, you need to check out Defining Influence. But intention is the foundation of trust. Your intention will either create the foundation for trust to be built into your relationship with the buyer, or it will ensure there is not a foundation upon which you could build trust. It's all about character, your character. It's also about the character of the person. If, you, if your values align, you're going to build trust. If your values don't align, you're going to create distrust. So who you are on the inside determines what the buyer will experience on the outside, as I described in my little scenario with, with the boat sales person. When it comes to selling yourself, your first impression with the buyer is based on how you initially make them feel. You can only influence that feeling. You can't determine it. How they feel is their choice. That's why it's so important to approach someone a potential buyer with the intent to understand them first. Slow down. Slow down. Go too fast, they're going to turn around. Slow down, and they might not turn around. You get to keep going. You get to keep talking. But first, you got to slow down and listen. If they feel your intention is to create a mutually beneficial relationship based on their interest, I'm talking about the buyer, your intention will result in your first deposit into the buyer's emotional trust account. However, if they feel your intention is simply to make the sale based only on your interest, the seller, with no concern for their interest, the buyer, you just made your first withdrawal from their emotional trust account. You are instantly overdrawn with a potential buyer. Your first impression is to be is for them not to trust you. That means you're overdrawn. That's not good. Many people walk onto a, a sales uh, lot to buy something, and they just don't like salespeople. In that case, a phenomenal salesperson walks out to meet them, and they're already overdrawn because the other salespeople, who are bad salespeople, th this buyer hadn't forgot them. So now you got to pay the price for all the other people that you didn't have nothing to do with. But you won't know that till you go up and you do it right and find out. First thing God do is listen, like I said. If you haven't made any deposits, but you chose to make a withdrawal, you're overdrawn from the very beginning of the relationship. It's, this is common sense right here, but it ain't commonly understood, obviously. 
That's not a strong selling position. That's definitely not how you want to start trying to sell a product or service is to be overdrawn because you met you literally made a withdrawal into the person's emotional trust account. Cause let's say that, let's say they don't have a bad uh, history with sales folks. They just come in neutral. Well, if they're neutral, they're not over overdrawn. They don't have an overdrawn trust account with you, but they also, they don't have a one that's got a lot of deposits. You ain't got a lot of money in the account. You starting at zero. And then you get to either add money to your trust account with them or you start taking away in the negative. You overdrawn. But unfortunately, like I said, you may be overdrawn before you meet them. And how is that? There's a lot of ways. It ain't only the way that I just told you a minute ago because somebody just don't like dealing with salespeople. There's other ways. That's one way, but that ain't the only way. How else could you be overdrawn before you meet someone? And this applies in real life, not just to people who are professional salespeople, but I'm talking about salespeople, but it applies to anybody doing any job at any level in any industry. So here's, here's how you can be overdrawn before you meet them. You could have bad word of mouth. They could have heard about you from somebody else. Like I said before, maybe they don't trust salespeople. Maybe they do trust salespeople, but they had a bad experience last time. Maybe they got on social media and checked out your profile and, and just saw your character in your personal life was not character that, that they appreciate all kind of ways. The same thing could happen though is in, in all kinds of industries, but the right intention sales, but for, for them to, 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 to see you and form the right perception of your intention, you got to be getting everything right to start with. You got to do your part. Doesn't mean they're still going to do their part. Doesn't mean their perception is going to be in alignment with reality. But it's got to start with you. You got to be the right person in the right way at the right time for the right reason. So let's cover my three points at the end of every chapter. My seller beware section. Point one, your first impression is your first sale. Deposits get you hired. Withdrawals get you fired. And I'm talking about hired, meaning the buyer wants to build a relationship with you. They've hired you, so to speak, as their salesperson. Withdrawals get you fired mean they're not going to buy from you. They're going to buy from somebody else. That's what I'm talking about when I say withdrawals get you fired. Get you fired as their salesperson. They may buy something, even from your company, but they ain't going to buy it from you. They fired you. I want to deal with another sales guy, so to speak. Or they could go to a completely different company. Or they could have checked out your social media and you never even hear from them. They never come to you to start with. You got fired without ever even knowing you were fired. You just think business is down. Well, your business might be down, but somebody else's ain't down. You with me? All right. Seller beware point two. Character without competency is not enough. Competency without character is not enough. You need both. Seller beware point number three. The best salespeople make the most deposits. I'm talking about into their emotional trust account. 
into the relationship with the buyer. And then back to the tip here, seller beware. Deposits will make you, withdrawals will break you. So point number three, without my little add-on in the middle of it, the best salespeople make the most deposits. Deposits will make you, withdrawals will break you. You see the top salesperson in an the organization? They're the ones who are making the most deposits with the most people. That's simple. It's all about trust. You see the worst person on the sales team? They're making the most withdrawals with the most people. It's all about creating distrust. It could be relative to their competency. It could be relative to their character. But I'm going to tell you this. It's a combination of both. And the foundation of both is character. Because your character is going to determine how well you develop your character. Your character is also determined, will determine how well you develop your competency. Character is always the root cause of whatever's going wrong or whatever's going right in your life. Whether you're a professional salesperson or whether you're not, doesn't make any difference. But if you're a professional salesperson and you want to increase your sales, you 100% got to build more trust. And you got to do it, you got to learn to do it quickly. And you got to do it over and over and over and over with every person you meet and every person they talk to about you. And you got to do it in all areas of your life. I hope you enjoyed chapter nine. What's your motive? Talk to you next time. Make it happen or someone else will. It might as well be you. Are you serious about taking your career and your life to the next level and beyond? Check out Max Story's Blue Collar Leadership Series books and others now available on audio along with paperback and ebooks at Amazon, iTunes, and Audible. Please visit bluecollarleadership.com to learn about Max books, programs, special offers, certifications, and more. Thank you for listening to the Blue Collar Leadership Podcast.